Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, here on a Sunday morning, a regular morning tradition. That means we are ready to kick it and ready to go here in week number 14 of the NFL season. Four more weeks, 14, 15, 16, and 17 before we end up with the playoffs that start in five weeks. And we are doing our normal thing on a Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Cuervo will be joining me here really soon. No buys. Last week was last five. Last week, the Cleveland Browns didn't lose. How about that? Hey. <laughs> but uh, they are all done, ready to go. So all teams in action this week, as well as the rest of the season. And, you know, it's funny that we mentioned the Browns. I mean, the Browns are just so god-awful. And the problem really, when you think about when you think about the NFL and you think about football teams, and then that's when people start talking, can Alabama beat the Browns? <laughs> and you can't blame them because the Browns are that bad that it makes you wonder. I mean, the people who know a lot about football, people know a lot about NFL uh, will tell you straight out that no college team, regardless if it's Alabama or whoever it is, can't beat an NFL team. But, man, those Browns would give it a run for the money, I think. I know, I know, I know. Lots of things going on in the NFL here today. As we got some great games today. We also had some bad games. Let's not go it. Uh, Jackson wins the Heisman. Does, I, I mean, I really don't care. I mean, the Heisman Trophy has been really irrelevant in my eyes. Now, what, what that means is, is that Sonny takes a look at the Heisman Trophy winners and things like that, and I always want to know what have they done. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I cannot name too many Heisman Trophy winners that have done anything. Lamar Jackson, we won't know. Last year, Derrick Henry. What's he doing? Uh, Marcus Mariota, he's okay. He might even break the streak. Jameis Winston, he's okay. But then you go to Manziel, Robert Griffin, Cam Newton is good. Mark Ingram, Sam Bradford, Tim Tebow, who probably could be a superstar in this uh, thing. Matt Liner, Troy Smith, Jason White, Carson Palmer's halfway decent, Eric Couch, and Chris Winkie. 
Those are the last 16. There's four of them that are worth a snot right now. Only four of the 16. That, of course, being Cam Newton, Marcus Mariota, and Jameis Winston. Only three in reality. Now, if you want to think that Sam Bradford is great, you can go ahead. I'm not falling for it, by the way. He's not great. So out of the last 16 years, three of them were worth a, worth a damn. And that will be, that, that's my test. Will Lamar Jackson, he's going to get the NFL contract. And if I'm a football team, I'm looking at this list. I am. And I'm not busting the money for it. The award means jack. And, you know, when I think about the Heisman and how great it, you're, you're supposed to be in order to win this, I, I, I just I want to know if it's worth it. So let, let's take a look at some of this because I really like to take a look at Memes and numbers and things of that. There, there are plenty of players that have done better than the Heisman Trophy winners themselves, obviously. And I like and and what I like about that is is that if I'm an NFL team, I'm not necessarily looking at the Heisman Trophy winner. I'm looking at the guys that may be behind him. So, you know, and there's, there's lots of examples of that as well, of where they are today or even in the past. If you look at Tim Tebow and Darren McFadden, Darren McFadden running back at Arkansas, Tim Tebow, like I said, I think he was blackballed, but let's just be honest, he's had the better career. Darren McFadden again. With Troy Smith, who's had the better career. Matt Liner won the Heisman. Guess who was a running back at Oklahoma that lost to him? Adrian Peterson. Jason White in 2003. Larry Fitzgerald. So just some of the names that come in here. Going back to 1992, Marshall Falk was behind Gino Toretta. And how about Steve Young behind Mike Rozier? Although, I like Mike Rozier. He might have, if he went the way that Steve Young did, he might have had a pretty good, even a better career. John Elway was behind Herschel Walker, and Herschel Walker's one badass. Uh, so those that, that's a bad one. But O.J. Simpson back in 1967 was behind Gary uh, Beban. So just some examples. If I am a GM, I, I may just give a glance at who wins the Heisman. But they're, they're definitely runners-up that have done better in the past. So it, it's it's an interesting gig. It's an interesting it, it's an interesting stat as well. If you want to call it a stat, more so than just hey, what's going on? 
So the Heisman Trophy, I've never been. I, I, let's just say I didn't wait with bated breath. It's one that I can sit here and say that, you know, I really don't care about the NFL draft, but when it comes on, I'm going to sit there and watch it. Then my but when it comes to the Heisman, all the hype and everything I was hearing about it and all this other stuff, I wasn't impressed, still not impressed with Heisman Trophy winners. I may be the only one. I, I don't know. Some games that are on the slate today, Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Very big game for Buffalo. We'll talk about that. San Diego, Carolina. You know, San Diego's got to beat this team. Carolina's not that good right now. Cincinnati and Cleveland. Can this be the game that they upset? And, and who cares about the game anymore? That's too bad because you could get to this toward the end of the season and see where these division games get really important. Well, that one just went away because Cincinnati is not good. Chicago and Detroit could be interesting. Houston and Indy, very big game there. Minnesota, Jacksonville, eh. Although, Tom McManus is going to be part of that game. I'll talk to you a little bit more about that. Tom McManus was a regular on our show. Still, you know, if I decide to pick up the phone, I know it'll come on. Arizona and Miami, Washington and Philly. Denver and Tennessee, good matchup there. Jets, San Francisco, good matchup there. We'll talk about those games. Green Bay, Seattle. See, uh, Seattle takes the trip. Atlanta, at L.A., interesting game. New Orleans, Tampa Bay, very important game for Tampa Bay. Baltimore and New England on Monday Night Football. And, of course, right here for my Lokes, the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football taking on the New York Giants. Those are the games that are on tap here in the NFL. And what I find interesting is the standings and who's playing and doing well and who's not. So let's start with the standings. Maybe we'll get Cuervo in here. I know he went to get coffee. See, I make mine. So during commercial break, I walk in, I, I reheat the coffee. So let's start in the AFC in the East. New England Patriots, 10-2. and two. No great big surprise. They've won three in a row. No great big surprise. The New York Jets have lost four in a row. That's a huge surprise. And that's more on the fact on the coaching and everything else. But the Buffalo Bills at 6-6, six and six, they're going to be hanging, hanging on. So it's an important game for Buffalo today and Marquise Grissom, a good one, right here for my locals, right here in Rowlett. I've been reading up a lot on him, and hopefully I'm going to try to get him up on the show uh, for an interview for my locals here. Of course, we'll play it here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. But, I mean, really, in reality, the Dolphins are 7-5. and five. Uh, They're not fooling anybody. You know, they've won games against teams that they should have won if you're a mediocre squad. But I don't think they're going to be good enough to make the playoffs. If you look at the North in the AFC, Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers nodded at 7-5. and five. The Bengals 4-7. and 0-12 oh Browns. Two teams could come out of this division. However, the AFC South is a very interesting division. Six and six, 
for the Tennessee Titans as well as the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts, who have come on as of late. And the Texans can't get out of their way. They've lost three in a row. And the Jaguars, lowly 2-10. and ten. Over in the West, interesting game on Thursday night. This is the one that I thought was going to end up happening. Kansas City takes over that division. I thought Kansas City would beat the Raiders in Arrowhead. So that did come to pass. And I looked at that one. Both 10-3 and three are the Raiders and the Chiefs. So later on in this season, when those division games start heating up, it's going to be really, really, really interesting. uh, Denver Broncos, if they don't watch it, if they don't watch it, they can find themselves on the outside looking in. And Trevor Simeon, is he healthy? Is he not? Going to be the question. San Diego Chargers 5-7 out of it, but they got a big game today. Over in the NFC, let's start with the North. The Detroit Lions, are they for real, folks? I'm trying to figure this one out. But they're sitting on top of that division. They've got a two-game lead with four to go. They've won four in a row, while the Minnesota Vikings have lost two in a row. They're 6-6. Six and six. So are the Green Bay Packers. Two games behind. These next two weeks will really, really shape up that division. Will Green Bay make the playoffs? Will they not? Will they win this division? Will they not? Interesting stuff going on here. So a big game for the Green Bay Packers today. Atlanta Falcons 7-5 and five, as well as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I cannot believe we're talking about the Bucs right now. But that goes back to you looking at the schedule and seeing the teams that they play. They only – you really only – only had impressive, and that's against that. Take away that New Orleans five and seven, four and eight for the Carolina Panthers. Done. I I, I just want to be done talking about them. They're going to finish at best eight and eight, and all these other teams ahead of them are going to win one, maybe two more games, and that's it for them. Can't wait till it's officially over because I'm sitting. I, I mean, they're sitting ducks. And people are still, you know, oh, they can make it. No, they can't. They're done. Seattle, eight and three and one. By the way, I forgot about the tie for the watch uh, for the uh, the other side on the AFC. No, both uh, the uh, Bengals are. They had the tie, so I forgot to mention that. That not that means anything. Seattle Seahawks, eight three and one. Arizona Cardinals, five six and one. Seattle pretty much in control of that. They need one more game to solidify this division, and it's over. Rams four and eight. Give how do they give Jeff Fisher a freaking extension? I'm trying to figure it out, folks. I really am. But he gets the extension, and then the one and eleven Rams NFC East. Wrapping up play-up spot are the Dallas Cowboys, winning 11 in a row, taking on the Giants today. Eight and four New York Giants, right behind them, biting on their behinds. 
Washington Redskins six and five and one, and the Philadelphia Eagles are five and seven. That is the standings in the NFL, and the games are very, very good today. And there's going to be a lot of things to talk about in today's show. And that being said, oh, you didn't know. In case you didn't know, your ass better call somebody. Let's try Squervo on a Sunday morning. That being said, how you doing this morning, Cuervo? I'm good, Sonny. How you feeling? I hope you're feeling better. I well, you know, it's interesting that you say that. Because the fact of the matter is today, I'm back. I'm back. That's right. I I I am ready to rock and roll. Sick of the dog last week. I'm telling it when when I can't get up out of bed and talk sports, you know, Sonny Clark is sick. I mean, I mean, I literally was there just staring at the computer, hoping I could do a show. Just didn't have it in me. Well, we are back here on a Sunday morning, so after a week hiatus, last week and this week, I mean, good games last week, Cuervo, but I'm going to tell you right now, this week is very, very important uh, week for a lot of football teams. Oh, yeah, very important, Sonny. I mean, I mean, hearts are going to be broken, and and, mm-hmm. uh, and at the same time, there's going to be uh, some teams celebrating, so it's going to either go one way or the other for some teams that are on the bubble. So if you got if your team is six and six, you know seven and five, or or whatever the case may be, and then they're on the bubble of making the playoffs, then um, it's going to be a real emotional day for guys like like you. Yeah, it, it, it's it's going to be a it's going to be one of those games. And, and and look and looking at the situation, and looking at the games themselves, and looking at what's going on in the news about things that are going on as far as you know, you know who's meeting who, why, you know, and, and what's going on. Lots of news as far as injuries as well out there. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I like a week like this where games are important. Now, I mean, obviously the games before here are important, but we talk about December and how important it is and what it's all about. The fact of the matter is, you can be the Dallas Cowboys winning eleven in a row. And you can start a skid, and could it happen today? I don't know. But when you look at it, there, uh, I want to, mm-hmm. I, I want to be able to to see what happens today and how it shapes up for the rest of the playoffs. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like I, you know, like we're talking about so it's days like this where, you know, you really, you really see who is who is playoff ready, who's not. Um, you know, who's mentally strong uh, as far as looking beyond the regular season. You know, I mean, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys, you just mentioned, they've won 11 games in a row. Um, now that it's December, what are they known for? They've been known for falling on their face in December. Well, today's, it's, it's a new, it's a new season, uh, new quarterback. So, you know, can this rookie continue to have that mental endurance that they need in a leader in their in their rookie quarterback and continue to go in there out there and win games, whether it's close or by a blowout, but to go out there and, and stay mentally prepared and, and win these football games and not feel like, okay, well, we got where we need to be. Now we can just hit the cruise control button. You should never hit the cruise control button if you're an NFL team. That's just my opinion. 
Absolutely. And uh, with four weeks left to go, four weeks that count, this weekend and then, of course, three after it, uh, games happen on Christmas Day as well as New Year's Day. Uh, so holidays mm-hmm. are complete, uh, especially if you're there. But some interesting things I wanted to get your take on them, especially the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are 6-6. Six and six. Of course, we're talking about that because our local guy right here, um, Maurice Goodwin, the wide receiver for that football team, want to talk a little bit about them. This is a football team that's on the bubble as well as they lost last week uh, to go to 6-6. Six and six. It would have been nice to see them 7-5. and five. It would have made that AFC really, really interesting. But a game today against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have won three in a row. This one right here, Buffalo season's on the line. It is, Sonny. And, you know, we talked about Buffalo last weekend and talking about the future. A couple weeks ago. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. And, you know, uh, whether Rex Ryan is, is still the coach that we all know as far as getting players to to go out there and perform at a, at a – at the, the highest level that they possibly can. And, you know, it, it makes you wonder. Now, at the same time, I mean, their, their schedule is getting pretty rough. I mean, yes. like you said, they got Pittsburgh today. I believe they, they still have to play New England one more time. So it's not an easy road for the Buffalo Bills. At the same time, though, um, you know, Rex Ryan there's, has, has had moments in his career where he's been able to get through these rough times. And, and whether it's a 13 to 10 game or, or a, or a um, you know 35-31 game, um, you know he's been able to win some of, of these games, and it just seems like you know the past couple of seasons it just hasn't happened. And I don't know if it's just lack of offensive strength, or the defense isn't playing very well, or what's going on. But you know it's it's pretty it's rough times right now for Buffalo. And especially if you look at Tyrod Taylor. Okay, you look at this guy. He's the guy that's got to deliver the ball. He's also putting on a performance. So uh, there's more so than the week this game. We, we're we going to find out what kind of quarterback Tyrod Taylor is here today. Yes, we are. So, I, mean, I mean, that Steeler defense is no joke. I think we all know. But, um, yep. you know, I mean, it's, it's he's going to have to win with his arm because if he tries to win with his arm, he's not going to succeed, you know, very much. So I, I think you're right. Just to understand, he's going to have to be patient in the pocket, find his – Find his guys, and you know, I mean, here here's a question for you. I you know I heard Percy Harvin's back, but I haven't seen him. Right, you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. I know know exactly what you're talking about because I remember when they were talking about bringing him back. Was he ready to come back? Was Harvin ready to to actually step out on the football field, and should he have he? Um, and you're right, because when you look at the numbers and you look at what has happened, I mean, he had two receptions mm-hmm. against the Bengals last, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, uh, mark that. He's only had two receptions out on the season. So um, we're trying to figure out if Percy Harvin is the Percy Harvin. Will he be ready to go? What his status is? on this football team and um but he's he was placed on the non-football illness list so um so with the chronic migraines and everything else that's keeping him off the football field so you know this is a 
this is an interesting situation. When you look at Percy Harvin, this guy's got some talent, but if you can't be out on the football field and you know the way football players and tough football players say, oh, because you've got a little headache, that's what they're thinking about this guy, and you and I both know it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, at the same time, though, it, if it's the migraine thing, I, I get it because we all know his history about it, Sonny. So right. It's not. It, it shouldn't. All be the way back to Minnesota. Me. Well, I would take it even farther when he was at Florida with Urban Meyer. So that's when it really started was back in college. I mean, that when he got drafted, Sonny, that that was the knock on him is is the injuries to his head, the the the, the headaches, the migraines. Minnesota took a flyer on him. They took a chance on him, and for a while it was good. And, and he was, you know, an all-pro receiver. But but then those migraines came back, and that's when everything started going downhill for him. So, I mean, if if you go back and you look at scouting reports for him coming out of Florida in college, that was like the one big thing that that teams were concerned about was was those migraine headaches. So it, it really started in college. Definitely. Couple more subjects, we'll hit our first break, and I'll warm up my coffee. Uh, the Patriots loving the fact that the Thursday night game was outstanding. By the way, especially, and, and I'm yes, talking about especially. I, I'm going to throw this out here: the Oakland Raiders defense has something to bitch about. I mean, because really they were down 11 at halftime. They had a chance to get back there and win that football game, and the Arrowhead. Faithful and the obviously the Kansas City Chiefs team themselves blanked the Raiders in the second half of that football game, and we're talking about this team's ready to take that next step. And taking that next step is winning tough games in tough places such as Arrowhead. It is, Sonny, and and I actually, uh, I you know I you know I'm always a person of integrity, Sonny. I I I like Kansas City in this game for the simple fact that. Yep. It's a road game, and the fact that, uh, you know, I mean, I can't can't see to beat them the first time, so I figured they're probably going to beat them again. Um, you know, I just yep. I just felt like it just had that feeling of, all right, the Raiders are going to get a wake-up call tonight. And exactly. that's, kind of what, that's kind of what happened. I mean, they were down, like you said, 21 to what, 21-3 at halftime or something like that. and They were down 11. I know. forgot what the number is, but they were down 11. But it was – well, actually, yeah, do the math. They were down 11, uh, so they were down 21 to 19 at halftime. So – or uh, 21 to 9 at halftime. Yeah, and yeah, it, it just – it kind of it kind of had a playoff atmosphere. And, that, and that's it why it came to City because – you know, if it was a playoff game, I would have picked the Chiefs as well. Number one, they're at home. Number two, they have the experience, and and that's that and that's what we're talking about to carrying over to today, Sonny. With teams that have done well so far, can they continue to have the mental strength, the mental endurance to continue to play at a high level? The Oakland Raiders. You can argue that mm, in the first half it wasn't happening. Then they woke, they woke up in the second half and they almost they almost got a win they almost yep. got a win but you know you you got to play four quarters and you got to finish it off so well especially um, offensively you you, you talk about because yes. that defense was outstanding and you say whatever you want about Khalil Mack that guy is a stud and that guy and that guy keeps 
keeps the team like the Raiders in games by making big plays. But if the offense doesn't get the job done, that's going to be one of the problems, and that's going to be a knock on that football team. They, they have to score when it's vital, especially. Forget the third quarter. You can be blanked in the third quarter, but you can't be blanked in the last three minutes of a football game. That's where you find out where your studs and duds are. Exactly, yeah. And, and I mean, I, I mean anybody on offense, I, I would – not say that they're duds, but I mean, you know, you just have your bad games, and yeah, you gotta look are, in the mirror. That, I mean, that's a that was a buzzsaw of a defense that that Derek Carr ran into. I mean, it's a good defense. Yeah, definitely. We all we all know that. I mean, look what they did to the Falcons last week on that last two point conversion. So, um, you know, weak defenses don't make plays like that, Sonny. Like that that that's elite type stuff right there. So. Um, you know, I, I think we all, you know, most people that have been watching football for a while should have had that feeling of, I think Kansas City is going to take this one. And, yep. you know, um, not that the Raiders are a bad team, Sonny. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying that, oh, see, it's a fluke or anything. No, but the, the Raiders are for real. It's just ne- this is the time of the year that they are not used to yet. Once they get used to this time of year in early in mid December, going into January, then when they start winning those games, then I'm, I will be comfortable with saying, you know what, I think this team, this team is Super Bowl ready. But right now, right. not ready. Chuck Fisher gets a two-year extension. Oh now, God. I, I, I'm wondering about it myself, and what comes to pass in my mind, Cuervo, and, and maybe it's me, is, is that this has nothing to do with coaching. They want Jeff Fisher in the front office. I think Jeff Fisher is setting himself up for a GM position, and right now he says there's no issue between him and the GM, and I somewhat believe it. The only problem that I have is how do you give him two more years on the coaching staff um, uh, on a football team? You better you better at least build something. But right now, when you look at the when you look at the Rams right now, they're not there's nothing being built right now. All right, Jared Goff is a mess. They should have started him in week number one if you were going to do it. I mean, so that that this guy's not ready for it. But I like you know. I think they should have put him in early, but they got to. When he goes to training, he knows somewhat of the speed, and it's coming quick. So he can ease into the speed next year. But the only problem is with that is is that Jared Goff, you know, he's only one part of the puzzle when you think about what's going to have to happen for the Rams to be good in the future. Well, here's the thing, though, Sonny. I mean, if, if the Rams want to continue to be five and – or, you know, what? Uh, Four and seven, I think. Yeah. Seven and something. Well, for the end of the season, though, seven and nine, eight and eight, yep, nine and seven if they're lucky. If they want to continue to be that type of football team, then by all means, go ahead and hire Jeff Fisher. Go ahead and bring yep. him in your front office. Keep him on for a couple of years. But I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, mean, I, I is he better at figuring out who has talent or teaching the talent? I so you got to. I mean, you got to wonder. And 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 L A. I think I, I think L A. I think L.A.'s in bed with him. And I mean that by you, you can't just walk in there without a name is what it is, I think, Cuervo. But at the same time, they better they better hire the right guy, and especially with names that are out there that 
you know, I, I and I don't I don't mm-hmm. want to talk a lot about coaching, but there's supposed to be some coaches that are going to be available. Uh, some that may come back, may not. Some that since they're in L.A., maybe it's a it, it's a nice enough bait to get them to come back and coach football here in a couple of years. So they got a two-year uh-huh. window with Jeff Fisher to move him up into the front office and bring in the right guy. But at the same time, the GM as well as the head coach have to be responsible for the talent that's out on the football field. Yeah, exactly, Sonny. And, that, and that's a responsibility that uh, he's not used to. So it's, uh, you know, it's going to be a challenge for him. I mean, the, the coaching thing hasn't worked out for him in years. So, um, you know, maybe maybe moving up in a GM spot will be something that he can do. But, you know, funny story, I don't know if this made national news, but um, obviously I, I get the L.A. radio signal down here. Sure. So, uh, the, you know, the, the same jokes that we make about Marvin Lewis and, and having pictures and all that stuff, of all people, Eric Dickerson actually made the same comments, and he's like, there's got to be some pictures somewhere. <laughs> for, this guy to, for this guy to get an extension and, and continue yes. to go seven and nine every year, what are they thinking? He's like, I want to know where the pictures are. <laughs> and it made me think of the conversation that we have about Marvin Lewis over in Cincinnati. All the time. So, yeah. yeah or, or, or like we used to joke about uh, North Turner here in San Diego. So, um Eric Dickerson, the Hall of Famer himself, actually made those same comments about Jeff Fisher. So, and, and that right that right there tells you what Ram fans think about you know th- this move. Well, aside from the fact that they tried to they tried to ban Eric Dickerson of all people away from uh, from Rams games. Well, that, uh, what, what is that about? I mean, I, I know he's been critical yeah, so, of the team, and rightfully so, by the way. Um, well, and and just because that you're a former player, you know, you can't criticize. I mean, Tom McManus, the guy who comes on our show, um, very critical of the uh, Jaguars, but they're opening the doors up for him today uh, with open arms as well. So, you know, I mean, how does Eric Dickerson, the guy that has, you know, done, you know, wonders in the NFL – why this team is not inviting them back. I haven't figured it out. Do you know what it is? Well, that, that's exactly what it was, though. So, I mean, he, he made some comments of criticizing the, the, the team and questioning the coaching. I mean, he questioned Jeff Fisher, yes. And, sure. Uh, that right there um, got the attention of the, of the, the team itself. And uh, they had mentioned, or Jeff Fisher had mentioned, I believe it was, that he didn't want Eric Dickerson at any more of the Rams games. He didn't want him there. Well, here's the thing. The Rams, what, I, what I've learned, at least if, if what I'm hearing is true, the Rams have no say-so in it. Right. The league is the one that grants Hall of Fame players specifically access to any game that they want to go to. Um, all they have to do is notify the league that they want to go to a certain game. They get tickets, they get passes, they get all that. They get airline tickets. Well, not just airline. I'm talking about tickets. Yeah, to the they game. get airlines with, I mean, along with it. Yeah, they get they get the oh, they get the so four course meal. Yeah, I mean you would know. I mean you know you spoke to Tim Brown and guys like that. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, but that that's what I've that's what I've heard. So I mean you would know better than I do, but. So, so yeah, if it's true, then, yeah, I mean, the Rams have no say-so in it. He can go to any game he wants, and there's nothing that the team can do about it. 
It's just ridiculous. You know, the whole situation. By the way, Tom McManus is going to be uh, in the celebration with Jimmy Smith gets the Ring of Honor in Jacksonville. Um, there are not too many players that deserve a Ring of Honor um, for Jacksonville. Uh, he's one of them. Uh, you say whatever oh, yeah. you want. Jimmy Jimmy Smith is a guy that did it out on the football field with a you know, mediocre quarterback at best. And you want to talk about yakety yak? That's where I came up the turn. That's where it came back out. I was walk, I was watching the games and watching what this guy could do with the ball after he caught the ball. That's what makes your your wide receiver can catch a ball, but what they do after the catch is what makes them that kind of guy, that how that Ring of Honor type of guy, a Hall of Fame type of guy. Yeah, I mean you can't just be a guy that that catches the ball and falls down. Right. I mean, that's not what wide receivers are supposed to do. So, well, congrats to him, Sonny. Uh, that's. I mean, like you said, I remember when, you know, they were uh, coming up and and they were challenging, you know, the Denver Broncos and teams like that in the, in the late 90s uh, mm-hmm. with Mark Brunel and all of them. So, yeah, I mean, Jimmy Smith and McCardle, I mean, that was, that was a bad tandem. They were bad. They were awesome. So, congrats to him. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's a big-time honor there. And, you know, I, you know, you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, what they're all the, you're talking about expansion teams, you know, had a year success in year number two um, out there. So you, you know, that's one of the things that really kind of caught, they, they were, they were um, at, at the time division champions in 1998, and 1999. Um, you know, those are the days that Tom McManus played. And that's one of the reasons why, but you're right. Uh, you know, you look at Mark Burnell, he was the guy that delivered the ball and then, of course, uh, what he did after he caught the ball is, is big-time stuff going on over there. So let's do this. Let's take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We're going to do that. I'm going to warm up my coffee. Uh, we'll be back in four minutes and 45 seconds here on the Couch Potato Sports Show and your Wild Red Eagles Radio Network. Thanks for all the locals that are giving us a listen here. Got lots of messages. That, that And by the way, just to let everybody know, thank you very much for all the well wishes. I was sick as a dog last week. Uh, got the feeling better, and so we're back here and better than ever. We'll do that. Do the quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-Star HVAC Contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-Star HVAC Contractors serving Relev 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-Star HVAC Contractors. Oh, 
Let Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? This is Sunday Clark Radio Voice at your rally at Eagles letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. Sunday morning, our Sunday morning tradition, and I am back here feeling better. Uh, thanks everybody again for the well wishes as uh, going on. Now let's let's just uh, just cut back a little bit and let's go back to last week's games and uh, give you an opportunity, Cuervo, to talk a little bit about what you saw last week uh, as far as the games were concerned. I know not being on air just kind of blew everything out of proportion, but last week's games, I mean. I looked at those games last week and I watched them. I saw, obviously, the Kansas State Chiefs doing what they did, uh, stopping the two-point conversion and winning the game. Eric, Eric Berry solidified himself as one bad man. Oh, he's always been a bad man, Sonny. I mean, it goes back to his days in Tennessee in college. I mean, he was All-American. Um, but, you know, I mean, obviously the, the, the thing with him um, – 
you know, the bigger thing off the field that he did was obviously fight the uh, the cancer and, and the yep. you know the illness that he had, which is I mean it's remarkable. I mean for anybody to go through what he went through and you know be able to say I'm I'm ready to play again and and to just to have the mental strength to do all that it's 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 really it's an amazing story. Um, so I mean he, he's 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 physically tough. You know, but he's also mentally tough. Playing at a Pro Bowl, uh, you know, performance this year, uh, without question, uh, being up there. So that was a, a big game. The Dallas Cowboys getting the victory, the two-point victory up in Minnesota. Um, it didn't surprise me that they won that football game. Um, although it kind of surprised you, um, but at the same time, uh, they just ran out of gas. Only four, nine points in the second, uh, the fourth quarter for this Viking team, but they didn't do anything before the fourth quarter. That's what hurt them. Yeah, Sonny. I mean, you, you know, you can't, you can't, uh, you know, go into a, a game and expect to win the fourth quarter every time. It's not, it's not going to happen. So. Uh, you can't always be the comeback kid. I mean, you gotta you gotta start off strong. You have to, especially a team like the Cowboys, where the defense is actually playing not too bad, Sonny. I mean, that's the biggest concern I think that people had about the Cowboys was the. That's uh, all defense. the concern but, is right now. Yeah, I mean, but they're actually playing pretty good football. Decent football. There's a couple of. Uh, and you talk about uh, you can't be just fourth quarter team. Well, guess what? The D- Detroit Lions didn't have to win from behind to, uh, last week, get the victory over the Saints, and the Eagles drop a big game. Uh, this was a bad loss uh, to the Cincinnati Bengals, thirty-two to fourteen last week, and really hurt their, you know, you know their division fight that they're dealing with over in the NFC East. Yeah, Sonny. From what I saw, I mean, you know this. That didn't look like the Eagles team that we're used to seeing, and, and nope. it sounds it sound stupid. But Carson Wentz—he looked like a rookie out there. I mean, he, he yep. just looked—he looked like a totally different quarterback than what he did four weeks ago when, when he was, uh, you know, lighting people up. So, um, you know, it, it, and it, it just the score doesn't even indicate how, how, you know, much of a, a dominant performance it was for the Bengals. I mean, without A.J. Green. So, um, you know, it, 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 it was just to, two totally different teams on the field as far as as being on the same page. I mean, the Bengals look like look like a team that was, uh, you know, ready ready for a Super Bowl run. And the yes, Eagles look they like they're ready for a top five pick. Yes, they did. Big time. One last game we'll talk about. Um, the Eagles – really kind of just put the, hand, the the nail in the coffin for the Panthers last week. And not only that, just thrashed them 40-7 to seven in Seattle. Yeah, that was an ugly game, Sonny. Um, you know, I, I, Very. I watched a good, a good amount of that game. It was the Sunday night game, of course. And, um, yeah, I mean, right now, Carolina's a mess. They really yep. are. And, and, I mean, they don't have you – know, Luke Keekley's out again today. Um, Again, you know, I, I hate to use that as an excuse, Sonny, but come on, when you don't have your defensive leader on the field, that always affects the defense. You you cannot, you will not play the same without your defensive quarterback, so they, as they like to call it. 
And that's well, the answer to the goal for at least the past four weeks. Well, and that's another thing. We talk about injuries. We talk about uh, the importance of those injuries. You, you take a look at Seattle. They got a big loss on the defensive side of the ball. And going into the playoffs, this was not a uh, time to lose a guy that's very vital to the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, praying for Earl Thomas, Sonny. I mean, you know, yep. this guy's talking about retirement. I mean, that's how bad of an injury it is. He's talking about retirement. and. You know, it, it it would really suck. I mean, and I know the people down in Texas are very familiar with Earl Thomas. Yes, um, they are. Yeah, I mean, it it would be it would be sad to see a guy so young, uh, so talented, have to retire. I mean, we've seen it happen before, so it's not, you know, it shouldn't really surprise anybody, but yet it still does. Uh, with guys like that of that talent, that caliber, um, but I'm sure Pete Carroll can will. And he's good at convincing guys to stick around. Look what he did to Mark Sanchez. It, Not well, really yeah. Couldn't keep beast mode there for one more year, but yeah, you know maybe he can yeah. get something done there. But they like it. But on the other hand, you know they like each other more so than the, the other way around. Let's go through just real quick some of the injuries that I got. Julio Jones, of course, Falcons uh, is questionable, which means he's going to play. Uh, Trevor Simeon, he is actually questionable. That's one that's a problem uh, for the Broncos going into the games. Mark Ingram, running back for the Saints, he's also questionable. Uh, Michael Thomas uh, for the Saints as well. Uh, Clowney for the Texans with the elbow and wrist uh, situation. He's questionable, along with Theo Reddick uh, running back uh, questionable uh, for that. Ryan Matthews running back for the Eagles, if it matters. We talked about uh, the guy that's out, Luke Keekley. Uh He's gone. Uh, Marvin Jones is questionable for the Detroit Lions. Uh Jordan Reed, also questionable. Jordan Matthews, questionable. And uh, Gerald McCoy, uh, Martellus Bennett, um, Devin Parker, and uh, those guys are questionable. Guys that are another guy that's out, Julius Thomas, uh, tied in for the Jaguars. He is out uh, this week. Um, so that's a big one, as well as, well as Mohamed Sanu for the uh for the Falcons, uh, that's one less weapon out on the football field. Eddie Royale is doubtful for this week. So, uh, so just keeping your track of some of the guys and what's going on in the NFL, um, some, some key injuries going on there. So let's do this. Let's head into the games. Let's talk about the games. You ready to do this, sir, Cuervo? I'm always ready, Sonny. All right, let's jump into the first game that's on uh, tap here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we look at them all. And uh, let, let's start with a game that, you know, I don't I don't think anybody is in. There's only one team that might make the playoffs. The Miami Dolphins are at home. They're 7-5. and five. They're second in the AFC East. The Arizona Cardinals 5-6-1. and one. You know, one more loss puts them pretty much out of the uh, commission there for that football team, especially over the, in the NFC West. The Arizona Cardinals, you know, uh, it's not going to uh, uh, – a loss here will really, really damage the Miami Dolphins. But this is not a good football team, Cuervo. This is just a team that has been able to benefit on getting some victories against some very mediocre football teams. They have not impressed me even with their little uh, recent streak before last week when they lost. This is a game 
that if Miami is going to make the vibe for the uh, playoffs, they got to beat the Arizona Cardinals. Exactly, Sonny. And, you know, um, this, this is the uh, mental strength that we're talking about. I mean, you know, week week after week, we've seen the Dolphins pull wins out, which really has surprised me. Uh, I really didn't think Miami was going to do much this, this year. I picked them to be last in, in the in the AFC East. So. Right. Just the fact that we're talking about the Dolphins possibly making the playoffs is – I'm still trying to wrap that around my head, but – um, you know, that goes that I you have to give a lot of credit to Adam Gase, the new head coach, uh, which I think we all knew was gonna be a good coach, um, just not so soon. Did but, we think he was gonna be a good coach or we just didn't know more so than anything? Um, I think I think people had had their you know, their uh feelings that that he was gonna do well. I mean, everywhere he's gone, he's been successful. I mean you look what he did in Denver, um, being the offensive coordinator. Then he came to Chicago, and Jay Cutler had right. his best season as, as a Bear, which is, is actually saying a lot if, if you really think about it. Uh, and you know, now he goes to Miami and gets the head coaching gig, and and they're fighting for a playoff spot. He's a good coach, Sonny. I mean, it, it so it really shouldn't surprise a lot of people. I just I didn't think he was going to be so good so quickly. I, right. I thought it'd take a couple of years, but but he's got Ryan Tannehill back, you know, on the track that he needs to be on. Um, you know, they they found them a running back in Jay Ajayi, Ajayi or however you say Ajayi, it. Ajayi, Ajayi, so, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it's you know everybody thought the running game was dead in the water when Lamar Miller left, but um, that that is not the case. So, um, and believe it or not, the Dolphins' defense is actually pretty decent. So. All around, this team is playing very well. But now, let's see. It's mid-December, Sonny. I'm going to sound like a broken record, but, um, you know, mid-December is a lot different from October and November. Absolutely. And, you know, Arizona Cardinals, despite what the season that they're having, Sonny, I mean, this is a team that played in the NFC Championship last year. So they've been in games before where they understand it's win or or your playoff chances are – are, uh, you know, starting to slowly fade away. Well, Miami won six in a row before they got blown out. I mean, you, you look at 38-6 to six by Baltimore. And, Bal- hey, let, let's, let's not joke around, okay? Baltimore isn't great, okay? Neither is Arizona, okay? So that right there, when I look at that game, what happened last week, it scares me for the Miami Dolphins. It's not because they lost the game. It's how they lost the game, blowout fashion. And the Arizona Cardinals, now granted, they're on the road, uh, so they're not the atypical football team as they are at home. Um, but the Cardinals, they're 2 3 and 1 in the last six games. Um, they haven't been able to really, you know, get back to what got them to that playoff spot last year, Cuervo. 13 and 3 last year. This football team right now is hurting at 5 6 and 1 and looking for an identity, and that starts with the quarterback position. And and now, when I was talking about some rumors about uh, Tony Romo, and I was talking about this months ago, Cuervo, that the Arizona Cardinals should be on there. Now that seems to be the bandwagon idea where Tony Romo is going to go to the Arizona Cardinals. But Bruce Arians really, really has got to get this football team around the corner for this season. That means – 
you got to realize where you are. That means evaluating talent for the rest of the season to get set up for next season is going to be vital. That's not just watching your own team, Cuervo. That's watching other teams on other players that maybe you might be able to steal and put them in the lineup for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, what's the saying, Sonny? One man's trash is another man's treasure. So um, I'm sure, you know, for teams that uh, are looking to dump certain players, I mean, you know, if if it worked out for the Arizona Cardinals, if Tony Romo is is the answer for the Cardinals, then um, I'd say, why not? Why not try and go after him? I mean, what what, what you know, what, what would be? I guess what could be worse, right? Exactly, and, and it, 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 the Arizona Cardinals need to replace it. I mean, it, it is time. I mean, and he had a good run in Arizona. I'm gonna get, I I gotta be a guy that uh, puts up with what I said about that. By the way, Cuervo, let's go ahead and mic, uh, mute your mic. I'm getting myself back there with your Bluetooth. Thank you very much. But looking at this football team, you, you, as far as the Cardinals and this game here Sunday, Arizona right now knows that they have a chance to beat this football team. But what they got to do is they're going to have to contain the Jai and, and, and keep Tannehill from giving them you know, good field position, not with his arms, Cuervo, but with his legs. This guy's using his legs and his brains. This is a this is a different Ryan Tannehill we've seen for the last, you know, what, five, six weeks than we've seen for his whole career. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm talking about, Sonny. I mean, it goes back to Adam Gase being the guy now over there. And, and he, he's, the, he's the mastermind behind the, the change in Tannehill's uh, performance and, and the way he's been playing. So, I mean, that's that's where it all starts is with the head coach. Yep. So, interesting game here this week. And I look at it, and I think the Arizona Cardinals are primed to upset. See, and that's what they got to look at these games are. In reality, if you look at the numbers, they're not going to make the playoffs. So, what do they got to do? They have to play their best football to become that spoiler. This starts this week. I think the Arizona Cardinals get the win in Miami. What's your prediction on today's game? Yeah, I'm with you, Sonny. I think I think Arizona wins this game just because of the fact again, um, this is the time of the year that they that they that they have experience playing in, and uh, Miami just doesn't. Where at least where it's meaningful football and. Miami normally by by now they're out of it. So um, I like I like the team that that knows how to win games at this time of the year. Arizona Cardinals. Yep, absolutely. Knowing what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, and how you're going to do it, Lucerian brings that to that football team. Next game up on board here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we look at them all today. The Chicago Bears three and nine, Detroit Lions eight and four, and Cuervo. This could be a game. I mean, you're, I got to put it out there. Your your Chicago Bears played well last week. You know, they, so they're on a sunny. They're on a one game on, winning sunny. streak. Come on, I'm trying to Come boost on, it. I'm trying sunny. to make you feel better. Okay. It was the 49ers. Come on, sunny. You can't. You're not. You're not gonna trick me this time. All right, There's not gonna no do it. All right, fine. <laughs> this game will be over by halftime. So you're thinking that the uh, the Detroit Lions are going to end up doing what they did uh, last week, which is not have to come from behind. They're going to have this one pretty much well in hand. 
All the Lions have to do, Sonny, show up to the game, and they're gonna and they won. They're just yeah, gonna show I, up. Yeah, I I think you're right. I didn't have a lot to talk about <laughs> this game. Big. I, I mean, I want to talk about how good you know the defense can be. I want to talk about yeah. maybe that. I, I I do like what they're getting from a guy that they didn't expect anything from Cuervo, uh, and that's of course the quarterback position. He isn't horrible. I mean, he he's let's just say. Okay, when you look at all the quarterbacks, he's not Brian Hoyer. I think this guy could be a little bit better than Brian Hoyer. Oh, boy, Sonny. I don't know if I'd go that far. But, I mean, Barkley did play well last week. He really did. Um, Yep. You know, um, but, again, it was the 49ers. It was the 49ers. You're supposed to beat them. I didn't want them them to beat them because now they've gone down in the draft picks. But, you know. You can't help it. The team is that like the you're talking about. You, you can't help but beat them. But I'm gonna tell you who 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 I really like, and I'm starting to really really like is Jordan Howard, the rookie running back. Well, uh, yeah, from yeah. Indiana. This kid, this kid scored three touchdowns, had 120, 130 rushing yards, somewhere around there. But I mean, it goes beyond that. I mean, every whenever he's on the field, he is he is a threat, Sonny. He's a threat. He's got good speed. Not afraid to run between tackles. Um, I, I really think Ryan Pace got a steal in the. Uh, I think it was the fifth round they drafted him in. I think it was the round. sixth round. It was the sixth round. Yeah. So I mean, um, you know, nice steal. Really, um, kid out of Indiana. Really, not not a lot of people knew about. He's used to playing in this type of weather, uh, being a Big Ten guy. So. Um, you know, it's it, it, it's a it's a perfect fit for him, and um, you know he's gonna real real quickly he's gonna make people start to uh, you know stop talking about Matt Forte, really. Um, I mean, I don't think he's gonna be able to do what he did for Chicago for so many years, um, but at least for now. Nobody's saying, "Oh, we miss you, Matt. We miss you." I mean, this kid, this kid's getting it done. Yep, and, and that, that's real interesting as far as what the future holds at the quarterback for, uh, position for the Chicago Bears as well. So it'll be interesting to see what's more. I, I got the Lions, and like you said, I think I'm right there with you. I got, I don't necessarily got a blowout, uh, but I think it's a two touchdown victory for the Detroit Lions at home. Two. I do. I got a blowout. Blow, you got gonna, blowout fashion. I got two touchdowns. So, uh, either way, 14 points is bad enough to get beat by. So, uh, Lions seem to pretty much have it set. Another game that don't matter. And so, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this one. The Bengals are going to win today. They're 4-7-1. and one. The Browns are 0-12. And the Browns, you know, are they going to go 0-16? I mean, Cuervo, they only got four more weeks to go. Yeah, but you know what, Sonny? I think they win a game this year. I don't know if it's going to be today, but I think they'll win one game. I don't know if that's really much to say, but, you know, you got you to gotta win one for the Browns. Come on. Win one. Well, should they win one? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you would think that they – and the guy I feel, you know, most of the sorry for is the head coach of this football team, you know, uh, who had a really good run over there in, in Oakland before they 
undeservingly so let, laid laid him out. But I, I look at this I look at this football team Cuervo as you know, a couple of years back, I remember I was going through our archives. I'll listen to some of our archives every once in a while. We're talking about a team that had a very good offseason, not this past season, but the year before. And you're talking about a football team that should, and I say should, be better. But the problem, I think, in reality, when you look at this whole team, okay, whether it's from top to bottom, from coaching to players, or anything like where they should be, what they should be doing right now. The problem with this football team is there's no continuity out on the football field. There's no chemistry at all. Now, they have a chance next week to get a victory against the Bills. Um, then they got, after that, they got the Chargers and the Steelers. I, they're not going to win those games. So the only games that they have is this week and next week. I don't think they get the victory today. And depending on what happens with the Bills here this week will be a, a big indicator on what we see out on the football field next week when they take on the Bills in Buffalo. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it could be something. I, I forget who do they play the last week. It's either it's gotta be Steelers or yeah. Um, I mean, maybe maybe they're resting guys by then. Steelers are if they're in the playoffs. And they are, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm trying to help the Brown fans, the Browns Nation, the Dog Pound here, but uh, they're not giving me much of a leg to stand on when they're excited about RG3 starting today. That's what, that was my yep. That was my next thing to let everybody know if it means anything. RG3 is going to start. Um, I, I don't know. I think he's the right guy. He was the right guy at the beginning of the year with the personnel that they had. Um, injury, of course, but you know, you know, after those first few games watching our G three, this guy's washed completely up. Um, if he gets a chance on any other football team in the NFL, you, that'll just show. And he ends up starting. It'll be an injury case, or how desperate this football uh, a football team would be. You're right, Sonny. You know, if the Browns do it right, you know, Bill, they won't take a quarterback number one. You can't do it. None of these quarterbacks, you know, are jaw-dropping to the point where you're like, yes, he has got to be the number one pick. Deshaun Watson's not a Clemson, good quarterback, nice talent, but he's not Andrew Luck. He's not Peyton Manning. He's not nope. John Elway from 1985 or 84. So, I mean, he is, he's not that level of talent. And neither is Lamar Jackson, who won the Heisman Trophy last night. Yeah, I'm yeah, not I, impressed. I'm not trying to be a hater, as they say, Sonny, but these guys are not guys that are going to lead your franchises to Super Bowls. I'm sorry. I, I agree. Mean, you know, well, they might be, but they're, but they're not number one pick worthy, okay? Exactly. If the Browns do it right, they'll take – a playmaker or, a, you know, a real big-time need that they have at number one. And then they'll go in the second round and they'll draft Deshaun Watson. Look what the Dallas Cowboys did. They take Ezekiel Elliott number, in the number one in the first round, okay? Then they go in the fourth round and they grab up their quarterback. And look how nicely it's working out for them. Absolutely. I mean, that's what I've been preaching for years on this show. None of these quarterbacks have been – 
number one first round pick worthy guys. And yet these teams continue to make the same stupid mistake and you're getting the same, you know, the same result. Uh, it's not that hard to figure out guys. I mean, you do the eyeball test and you look and you say, okay, these guys are, they're, they're good. But they're not numbered. They're not first round pick caliber uh, uh, quarterbacks. So, I mean, Carson Wentz, come on, it's good. But I don't see him getting to the Super Bowl anytime soon. I don't even I don't. see him getting to the playoffs anytime soon. Yeah, he's not going to make it this year, I don't think. Uh, you're right. Um, but I think where they they need to start in reality is protect your quarterback. I mean, Cody Kessler is nothing to write home to mama about. Okay, he's out of USC. You know, that ought to tell you something. But at the same time, protect the guy. Cody Kessler's been running around in the backfield trying to get away from defenders. So what do you got to do? Do what the Dallas Cowboys did. Which, folks, if you want to criticize the Dallas Cowboys, you can. But what they've done is drafted right. And what they did is they drafted to protect their quarterback. Okay? Now, granted, it took them a little time in order to protect the quarterback, and they got a mobile quarterback a little bit better than Tony Romo. But they started on the offensive line. You say whatever you want about the the Browns. If the Browns start with their offensive line, build that team here up in the next couple of years, get some talent here and there, and work that offensive line to protect whoever they're going to end up drafting or whoever's going to be back at the quarterback position. When you wipe the slate clean, you've got to start with offensive linemen, Cuervo. Exactly, Sonny. I mean, you know, you're not doing anything offensively without – protection and absolutely the, the Cowboys they, they proved it once again uh, I mean they did it you know 20 years ago uh, when they had the best offensive line in football blocking for, for you know Emmett Smith and, and for guys like Troy Aikman and whatnot and now they're doing it again I mean it's, it's really not that you know it's not really it's not really difficult to figure out Got to find that chemistry, but at the same time, you got to start somewhere. So uh, that one is not much of a tough one to pick out there. So uh, we'll head on into the next game that's up that that we have to talk about. And this one's important. The Denver Broncos, 8-4. They're third in the AFC West, okay? And this team's 8-4, and, and they're third in this division, okay? That, that, that slaps this division is one of the best in football. That having been said, they're taking on a hot Tennessee Titan team at home, which is a team that normally doesn't win at home. But, oh, oh, contraire, mon frere, look at the last couple of times. They've been in ball games at the end. They won the last one at home. So when you look at this football team and where they are as far as the Tennessee Titans are concerned, both these teams won last week. Both these teams broke a losing streak, or, uh, or, or losing streak at that time. The Denver Broncos, they have to have this game. It's all about the quarterback position, Cuervo. This is a football team that needs Trevor Simeon to be able to play at a high quality, and they might not get that because this guy's not healthy. Yeah, so he may not even play, and they may have to rely on the, the rookie Paxton Lynch. So, oh, um, And that's, sad, that's I, sad enough. Well, this could be a blessing in disguise, though. I mean, maybe you want to see what you have with this kid. Because um, we all know the preseason is not a good measure of, of how good a quarterback can be. So Absolutely. Maybe the fact that he 
starting could be a blessing in disguise and as in all right well is is Simeon a guy we want to keep around or do we do we use do we uh trade him for trade bait or what what do we do with this kid so this could be a blessing in disguise where they get to really evaluate their rookie and see where they move from here uh going into next season Trevor Simeon is not going to be a Denver Bronco next year okay it, it, and uh, that and that yeah, that 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 is history. Okay, all you gotta do is look at history and what uh, what a guy like John Elway will do. Okay, he'll either cut ties with him or use him exactly like you said, trade bait. Because Trevor Simeon, unlike a Tim Tebow, has a pedigree. All right, so when you got the pedigree, and actually halfway played well before you got hurt, um, that guy that guy becomes even more valuable to to John Elway on a trade market more so because, like you said, if they go ahead and fall back to the rookie and see what more they can get from him as a starter, that's going to be the big question. But this game here, as far as playoffs implications, is huge for the Denver Broncos as well as Tennessee as they're in a three-game or a three-team rush in the AFC South, all teams sitting at 6-6 and right now, a very important game. And this is a football team that's rediscovered, hey, we got to run the football. And they have been able to run the football. And not only that, you're getting Marcus Mariota not having to do as much. They doesn't have to be the guy that wins the football games for you, Cuervo. So now that they got that balance going on, which is all important in an NFL game, if you throw the ball too much, you lose football games. If you run it too much, you're going to lose football games. So now... They got somewhat of a balance, and they're on somewhat of a roll a little bit when you look at the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, they are, Sonny. And, and again, this is another team that's really impressed me. I'm surprised, you know, um, just the balance is there. Marcus Mariota is is a lot better than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, I thought this was just another Oregon kid who was going to be washed up by, you know, his third year in the league, fourth year in the league. But let me tell you, I've got a plate full of crow. Um, that I have to scarf down because of w- what my thoughts on Marcus Mariota was. And, you know, I guess he was just – he was different from all those other Oregon quarterbacks. I mean, this you know, this kid's got some talent. So, as long as they continue to to uh, click uh, offensively with the Marco Murray and, you know, really the offensive line too is another big Absolutely. I mean, they've got a good offensive line. It's kind of like Dallas Cowboys. They went and they got they – got, guys uh early in the draft um you know especially those Bama boys i think they drafted a couple of them so yeah. um you know they, they've got good protection for demarco murray and derrick henry and all those guys so um you know and then defensively they're doing just enough they're not dominating they're not um you know a suffocating defense or anything but they're doing just enough to keep them winning football games so that's all you can really ask for Looking at this game and the importance for both of these football teams, especially the Titans, this is a game where Vaughn Miller is going to play a big, big part into getting to Marcus Mariota. That's going to be huge. Other side to Marcus Ware, going to have to put some heat, and I think it's going to come. I've got the, I, I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos, not because I trust their quarterback position, but I trust that defense to be able to get in there and, you know, slow up 
up the offense because even though uh, Mariota might not be able to pass it, they start handing the ball out. DeMarco, DeMarco Murray isn't going very far either. Well, no, not not against that Broncos rush defense. I mean, like you yep. said, Von Miller and, and, and DeMarcus Ware, that's all you really have to say. Um, yeah, and then you got to deal with T.J. Ward if you get in the second the second layer of the defense. So, um, but um, I mean, hey, you know, I, I, I'm going to go Denver as well too, Sonny. I mean, again, this is a team that, you know, defending Super Bowl champions, they know how to play football this time of the year. So, uh, I'm going to go with the team that has the experience and and plays and, and knows how to play in these type of games. So. Uh, and, I'm, got, I'm and going plus Denver as well. The Titans, the Titans have a hard time winning at home. I mean, this is a football team that's amazing at home at losing. I mean, they, so you know they they've had a little run, uh, but I think they're going to fall back to it and, and be become a team that just can't get the job done. And it will all be about December. We always talk about that and the importance of December. Next mm-hmm. game up on tap here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Huge game in the AFC South. We talked about Tennessee and their situation, but the other two six and six teams are going head to head. The Houston Texans on the road to take on the Indianapolis Colts, and Houston has lost three in a row. Indianapolis has won three of their last four. Um, so this is this one is a huge one. We talked about this division usually being set for the Indianapolis Colts. Well, they've turned it around a little bit and put themselves in the position to where they have a run at the division because only the division champions get now this division, Cuervo, and that is going to be huge moving forward uh, for the rest of the seasons for these three three teams. One of these two teams are going to lose. Quite possibly Tennessee, if it goes by our prediction, the winner of this game is going to have a full game lead going into next week, and that's obviously moving towards the end of the season. So looking at Houston and looking at Indianapolis, you know, Houston losing the last three, lots of downtime because of injury. They may get Clowney back in the lineup today. I don't know if that helps, but Andrew Luck and Indianapolis Colts, if they're going to do it, they got to start putting the pedal to the metal. And we just lost Cuervo, so I'm not sure where he's going to be, if he's going to get back in here. But looking at this game and how important it is within the division, the Colts have won three of four. Like I said, Houston dropped three consecutive. So the Texans' offense right now, it's really, really been horrible when you look at it. And then you have the defensive collapses that are happening. Why? Because that's just the way that the Texans' defense has been playing. They have not been able to put it together. They have not been able to roll it around and play consistent. That's because of injuries and things of that sort. So, But the bigger picture in reality, when you look at the Texans, okay, you can say whatever they want, but they've appeared to have that comfortable lead, and then they drop the three in a row. So a team that thinks that they've got something, a team that thinks that they can go out and win week in and week out, you know, just by showing up, that's what happens when you get into a three-game skid that the, the Houston Texans are. And then the, the scrutiny of Brock, Brock Osweiler even gets more. So you're not getting a great, uh, a great performance from Brock Osweiler. And when you don't get the difference between where you are now in this season compared to mid-October, Bill O'Brien's going to have to put something in the Wheaties in order to get them going. Because right now, they have not been able to do that. So 
a team right now that wins this game quite possibly sits on top. But on the other side, you've got Andrew Luck. They're in a, they got a kind of a different situation going there. They, have, they built that momentum, and then they lost last week. But you say whatever you want. They blew a 14-point lead against the Texans in the first time that they played. So that cannot be in the back of this mind of this football team going into this game. So they've got to be able to sit there and decide what's going to be going. This is a team also that needs to get the running game going. That means you've got to get Frank Gore involved with this game. This one's tough. So before we pick this game, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We're going to try to get Cuervo back up online, and then he can give us his pick in this game as well. So think about what's going to happen as far as uh, the, uh, the rest of breaking this game down on the other side here on the Couch Potato Sports Show and your Rowlett Eagles Radio Network. We'll be right back. In 1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is, amazing people serving amazing drinks, amazingly fast. Scooter's only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty? The Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooter's, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich, velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooter's Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66 with a convenient drive through so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooter's Coffee, located in Rowlett. Selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com. That's Brian with a Y, not nichadwick.jphomesforsale.com. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. Become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special. Two weeks in a free uniform for $19.99. That's right, $19.99 gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chang Lee's at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychanglees.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney, not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. The Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. 
We represent both individual and small business debtors in Chapter 7, Chapter 11, and Chapter 13 bankruptcies. For more information, come in contact with Greg Mitchell at 972-463-8417. That's 972-463-8417. Or visit him on the web at www.mitchellps.com. Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done, residential, business, or industrial? Contact Allen Bauer Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having, so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price and good customer service, but of course... Give Alan Bauer Electric a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Hi, back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show with me, Sonny Clark, the... Weirdest working man in sports radio here on a Sunday morning. That being said, week number 14 of the NFL season. As we get ready to move in for the rest of the season, four more weeks of the NFL. Then we get into the playoffs. And then our coverage goes back to 10 o'clock after that going into the playoffs because there's only so many games. There's going to be games on Saturdays, games on Sunday. Uh, We're going to try to get those games previewed um, Friday nights or whatever the case may be. But we also have basketball. So there's a lot of things that are going to be going on here uh, within the last few weeks of the season and into the playoffs in the NFL. So be ready for that. We'll keep you apprised of what's going on, especially locally, as our coverage of the Rowlett Eagles varsity basketball team continues on Tuesday as the Rowlett Eagles take on the Richardson Eagles in Rowlett. Okay, so that game will be coming to you. I'll be coming from the nest over there at uh, Rowlett uh, Gymnasium. So we'll be bringing that, that game. We also got the pregame show starting at 6.30. So keep yourself aware of that and where it's going. Actually, it might be 6 because tip time might be seven. I got to take a look at that. I'll let you all know. That having been said, also on Monday, our show is called On the Air with Sonny Clark. That happens on Monday at four o'clock. So we'll be doing that. We'll be talking to the head coach of your Raleigh Eagles varsity basketball team, Jason Bush, on that show, as well as looking at the community calendar there in Rowlett, keeping you up to date on what's going on there. So that having been said, that's the name of this show. We're back. We're talking about the NFL. We're talking about the Texans. We're talking about the Indianapolis Colts, and, you know, a division that is so up in the air. And we just talked about the – now – if the Tennessee Titans can figure out how to get the victory against the Denver Broncos, okay, this could become a very interesting division. If we can be wrong about the prediction and the Denver Broncos take the loss against the Titans, two of these teams are going to be duking it out here going into the last three weeks of the NFL season. And when you look at the season and where it's gone, you're looking at teams that are at 500 
vying for the division championship, which usually means you're going to be sitting on wildcard week with the home game. And one of these teams is going to have a home game. And right now, this is Indianapolis's division to lose. If they're going to make the play, they're going to make the push. They're going to have to. And this is a game I think they can. This game's at home. They're at Oil Lucas. Okay, so that is huge. Andrew Luck has picked up things very well. He has been playing well. And when you are the Indianapolis Colts, you have to depend on your team, the guys, to make plays. And Andrew Luck has got to do it. And I think they're going to do it today. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm picking the home team in this one because, really, if you flip the coin um, on a neutral site, you don't know who wins this game. But I like the home field advantage for the Colts. I like what they now. They did win last week, and the Houston Texans, they're going to prove why they are not ready for prime time. They're not ready to win the AFC South division. And that's the reason why, by default, normally the Indianapolis Colts gets this victory. So I'm up on the Indianapolis Colts on this one. Cuervo hopefully will join us here fairly quickly as he's getting a haircut. So he's getting that old buzz thing going on, the jarhead that he is. So um, so he's getting his haircut. So we're gonna we still gonna continue with the show here until he gets back. So let's go to the next game. And I don't have a lot to say about this one. It's my air my Jacksonville Jaguars at home, except for the fact that Jimmy Smith is being put in the ring of honor, rightfully so. Former wide receiver for this fine program and this fine team, Tom McManus, a guy who will come on the show whenever I want him to. I might do that as we move into last week's I'm going to reach out to Tom and see if I can get him up on the show, see if I can grab about 20 minutes for him. And I think this will be really interesting. We won't have a lot to talk about as far as the Jacksonville Jaguars are concerned, but a very high opinionated uh, person as far as NFL and players and teams and how the game should be played. And a lot of people love his stuff. That having been said, the Minnesota Vikings, they're on the road, and this is a team. Now, say whatever you want, okay? Gus Bradley needs to be gone at the end of the season. All right, this is coming from a Jaguar fan, and this also coming from another guy that I know that has very vested interest in this team and in, uh, in a guy that has saw this team through its ups and downs, mostly downs. Tom McManus, it's time for a change. And Bradley comes comes out and he says he shares their frustration. Listen, Gus, you don't know the frustration of a Jacksonville Jaguars season. For as many seasons that they can't win football games, you know, Gus, you've only been there for three years, okay? We've been seeing this for a long time. Last time the Jaguars were relevant was 1999. So we got 16 years of a football team that should be good with one of the owners that will spend money. But he don't like home games. He likes to go to England. 
and the Minnesota Vikings, who are in second place in this division behind the Detroit Lions, they got to have a victory. They've got to stay in line because you know Detroit probably win today against the Chicago Bears. So they, they can't further get back. They're already two games behind them. So a loss here for the Minnesota Vikings puts it almost out the end. And not only that, a win here for the Minnesota Vikings, if they can't get the division, it'll put them prime. They're 9-4 and four if they win, and they'll be looking like they could end up with a wild card. And losing your running back, losing your quarterback before the season even starts and you make the playoffs, that's got to be looked at as a successful season, regardless of Sam Bradford scares you to hell to death. And I get it. Now I understand it. So when you look at a football team, the Minnesota Vikings, defensively, this team is stout. And what I mean by stout, this is a team that won't let you run the football. They are stingy against the run. And they're, I'll tell you right now, their secondary is one of the best in the game. And last week, when the, the Jaguars lost that game last week, you, you, you can't lose a game like they did last week. What took place on Sunday was demoralizing for a football team. This season of high hopes has been a season of headaches. And that becomes where their top-of-the-line guy, Blake Bortles, has dropped. You say whatever you want about him. I know Cuervo likes him. I'm going to tell you right now, he's one of the problems. This guy's a turnover machine. The Jacksonville defense held the Broncos to 206 yards as an offense and lost the game. Okay, so that's the fewest that Gus Bradley, since he, he, he's got the defense going, but once again, getting cut off at the knees by Blake Bortles. Three turnovers, interception that was returned for a touchdown during the fourth quarter, and they lost the game by 10 points. This is a team that loses like a team that has no experience. And that's the reason why they're going to get beat up today. Because they don't have enough experience to win that big game. And Jacksonville, this is not a big game. The Jacksonville Jaguars don't have anything to play for. They're not going to make the playoffs. So... The only thing they got going on is maybe not embarrass themselves in front of, you know, Jimmy Smith, who was a superstar for this football team back in the day. The loss was the seventh straight for the Jaguars since the team opened 0-8. Okay? You've got to win football games, man. You've got to be able to do it. You've got to be able to figure out how to get over in the fourth quarter. You, if you don't get over the hump, you don't win football games. Two and ten, they were eliminated from the playoffs last week. The Vikings, who are six and six, can salvage an opportunity to try to have a final strong month and try to make the playoffs. And that has to start today. 
You look at this team, they they jumped off to 5-0 and at the beginning of this season. Their defense, ferocious. Efficient play from said Bradford. Then they lose North Turner, and now we're looking at a different team. However, Brad, uh, Bradford has thrown 13 touchdown passes with three interceptions but has been sacked 28 times behind an offensive line that, you know, they got guys shuffling in and out of there like the Super Bowl shuffle. Back in the Chicago Bowl, I mean, geez, they're dancing guys in and out of there. They got to figure out how to stop it. And you look at the numbers, and stats tell a lot. Don't tell the whole story, but it tells a lot. 6.6, all right, mark that. 6.77 yards per attempt for Sam Bradford. That's 27th among quarterbacks who qualified. And this game where they lost against the Dallas Cowboys by two at home, that one's going to come back and haunt them. It'll be the difference whether or not they make the playoffs or not. And that's one they wish that they can, they can get back. You know, you can say whether or not Bradford, you know, had a fat face mask, but there was no flag. You know, hey, it doesn't matter. It's about the game. And you can't complain about one flag here and there and Minnesota stop it because that's one of the ways that you prove that you're, you are soft. So they got to get that defense up and going. Zimmerman has got to figure out what you've got to do in order to get the job done. And they got to do it today. And I think they get it done because Blake Boyle is going to turn the ball over two, at least two times in this game and a, at least two times. Whether he fumbles it or throws two interceptions against this defense, is going to be all over him. And the Vikings, even though they're struggling as an offense, they got to get back in rhythm and take advantage of the, the turnovers that are going to be created by Minnesota here today. They got to stop stopping themselves from getting into the end zone, and that's what they have done. So this one's going to be a good one. I got Minnesota getting the victory here today. Next up on board here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we look at them all here today. Good one going on here. We talked about it at the top at Jump Street. It is the Pittsburgh Steelers, 7-5, going against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. This is a game where whether or not Tyron Taylor is going to find out if he can be an NFL quarterback here today. And you can say whatever you want. Le'Veon Bell really has, by his play, has made this game what December's all about. I mean, forget Ben Roethlisberger, okay, which knows how to play in December, knows how to get the wins in December, knows what he has to do in December in order to make the playoffs. But Le'Veon Bell is a guy that is going to be the difference maker in this game. Going in, if you're the Buffalo Bills, you know this. Going in are the Rex Ryan lovers and the team on the defensive side ready to have a little more love for your guy? But a loss 
this week for the Steelers could be vital. We talked about the division, where the standings were, and what the importance of those standings are. The Bills, they're 6-6. Six and six. One more game, they're done. And it's going to probably happen today. If this game was in Heinz Field, forget it. They'd be done. Now they got the opportunity at home to get this win. They're not going to catch up with the, the Patriots. So the best that they are going to do is on the road, and the best they're going to do is get the wild card. And it'll probably be the last one if they win. It has to happen for them today. But I don't see it. Buffalo really in reality has to win their final four games of the season. And now also if they make the playoffs, they'll end the longest playoff drought in the NFL at 16. 16 seasons the Buffalo Bills have not been in the playoffs. That should tell you something. So I don't know. I look at this game and I want to flip the coin, but I don't think I need to because I don't think Tyrod Taylor has got enough. I think that that Steeler defense is going to be eating him alive in forcing them into making bad plays. Tyrod Taylor is nothing to write home to mama about. They're passing that uh, offense. It ranks last in the NFL, and the Bills are 14, uh, 14 and 12 with, Tyler, uh, with Tyrod Taylor underneath center. Over the past two seasons. So you can talk all about the shortcomings that you have as a football team. But at the quarterback position, you can't have shortcomings. And the Bills have them. And it starts right there. So the future starts now for Buffalo if they're going to make a run for it. And they have to beat the Steelers. But that the offensive line is going to have to protect them. And, you know, all we see is Tyrod Taylor running for his life. You don't see him really sitting up in the pocket. You'll see it every once in a while, but most of the time he's running for his life. Now, Taylor says, this, my future is right here in Buffalo. Wonderful. you got to get this win then because you can end up being a backup anywhere in the NFL in a, heart, in a heartbeat. So whether your future is right there in Buffalo will be whether or not you can lead this team. And I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that he can't lead the team. I don't think he's just going to be able to get it done today. I mean, you can be optimistic all you want. They're going to get Woods back. He's missed the last two games with the knee injury, but, you know, Sammy Watkins, he's back in the line. You got to get him the ball. Marquise Goodwin for my Rowlett people. You got to get this guy involved with the game. I love Marquise. This guy's got speed. They say speed kills, but you got to be able to deliver the ball as well. And that's Tyrod Taylor. That's a Marquise Grissom situation. He's going to get open. Whether or not Tyrod Taylor sees it, that's going to be the other story in it. I want the Buffalo Bills to win this game, not because of Rex Ryan. Just more on the fact I want to see my boy Marquise Goodwin have the opportunity to go out there and play so huge and keep his name up there and still be on an NFL squad. That's what I want. I just don't think it's going to happen. You got you, you got Ben Roethlisberger and knows how to win in December. When you got a quarterback that can win in December, you got you have a you have an advantage before you even hit the football field. So I'm going to go Pittsburgh in this one. 
Next game up on the early game, San Diego on the road taking on a depleted Panthers team that showed their cards, that they've given up. They've lost two in a row, okay? For a team that went to the Super Bowl last year, not even going to make the playoffs. Lost two in a row, like I mentioned. And they got a lot of things going on, whether it's distractions, you know, you know, talking too much about whether or not Cam Newton should get the penalty call, blah, 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 blah. Guess what? You still got to play football. You still got to get the wins regardless if you're getting the calls or not. And that's one of the problems. But it's not the fact that they lost. It's how they got throttled last week that showed you that they're done. And that they only got four more games. So, the you know, you know, you take them out for a drive, you know, because who cares? San Diego's five and seven. They're not going to make the playoffs, but this is a football team I told everybody to watch out for. Everybody had them third or fourth in this division. They're get, they're going to end up third in this division. Or they're going to end up at the bottom of the division. But this is a football team that's been playing very well. Yeah. In this division, the AFC West, the Broncos, the Oakland Raiders, and the Chiefs. Tough, tough division to have success in. So that that's something that you got to look at. It. I think the Chargers are going to win this game because I don't think that the Panthers have it in them. I don't think they have a want to go out there. I don't think they have a desire to go in there because they haven't been able to do what they've been able to do when they get on a roll, they can, they have just not been able to get on that roll all year long. It's the Super Bowl hangover that's happening big time for this football team as they head into this, you know, and it was a concern headed into the season. And I think they're going to go ahead and they're going to lose again today against San Diego Chargers. Next up on board here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, a good one. The reason why has a Everything to do with the NFC East. Five and seven, Philadelphia Eagles at home. This is a football team that dropped a bad game last week and have lost three in a row. The Washington Redskins, they've lost two in a row. Someone's got to win. They are one and six between the two of them the last three weeks. Mark that, one and five. Kirk Cousins playing for his uh, contract next year. He might have done enough to make uh, get another contract from Washington. The question is, is how much will they write the check for? But you can say whatever you want about Washington. They got to figure out what they did like they did at the end of the season last year. If they're going to make the playoffs, and I don't think they make the playoffs. So it's a football team that's got a lot to do here in the next four weeks in order to make the playoffs. Say what you will about a football team. I I think a football team that does not know how to win games, that's when your team is a liability. And you say whatever you want about the Washington Redskins. They don't know how to win. 
That, on the other hand, the Philadelphia Eagles have not been good either. And, you know, the Redskins, you know, they lost their last two games. They're third in the NFC East. Will they fall to the fact that they're not going to make the playoffs? They're 6-5-1. and one. Now, if they go on a run, they end up 10-5-1. and one. That's not going to be enough. I don't think. But I don't expect them to. I expect them to lose again. Kirk Cousins, ranked third in the NFL with 3,811 yards, got 21 touchdowns, only eight interceptions, and has thrown for 300 yards in more, uh, in more yards on six times this year. He's also threw for 458 and 449. So Cousins is 3-1 and one against the Eagles, 10 touchdowns, in four games, only two interceptions, and in those four games, thrown for 1,300 yards and more. Eagles are on the fringe of the playoffs conversation if they can get the win here today. But when you look at a football team jumping out of the gate, well, you know, everybody's excited about this football team. Now there's all that happiness and all that other stuff. That's a district, district memory, big time. Now they're struggling with their rookie quarterback. Surprise, surprise, surprise. And last Sunday when they lost against the, the, the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, Doug Peterson had to start thinking about the effort from some of the players now. And, you know, I guess he's going to have to go in there and hurt some feelings if he wants some success with this football team. So go in there and ruffle those feathers. You're a first year, hey, you're a first year coach. Ruffle the feathers in the first two years if you want to keep, stay there for three or four or five. So this is the time to do it and put people on notice. Last Sunday's loss against the Bengals, 32-14. to 14. That, that alone right there should tell you something because the Bengals are not a good football team. Rookie quarterback Carson Wentz, he was the talk of the NFL for the first three, you know, for the first month. And guess what? No one's talking about him anymore. Now he is that guy that is the rookie quarterback. He's passed for 2,900 yards, 12 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He's completed a season low, 50% of his passes, 11 to 22 through for 170 yards, 179 yards, almost 180 yards, and a 27 to 20 loss to the Redskins last time they hit the field. So Carson Wentz, that they want to be thought of of a team that can move into and be serious contenders for the playoffs. It has to happen this week. Jordan Reed's got a shoulder. That's going to be a problem. He missed the last week's game against the Arizona Cardinals when they lost. The Redskins, they're, um, they're in a situation they get Trent Williams back. That's huge. On the offensive line, you say whatever you want. Violating substance abuse policy, blah, blah, blah. But guess what? Trent Williams, 
That that dude's one bad, bad man. So look out for him. So this game right here, when you think about the NFC East and the way that division has played out, if you are the Eagles, you've got to get a win here today. If you are the Redskins, you have to get a win. I mean, you're looking at a team, and as far as the Dallas Cowboys, have won 11 in a row. And the Giants, before they lost, they were on a they were on a, a three a four game winning streak. They're four and one in the last five. So if you're going to keep pace with them, you got to hope the Giants can lose to the Dallas Cowboys so it improves your chances of making the playoffs. Because if the Giants beat the the Dallas Cowboys, this division is over. And no other team is going to make it out of this division in the playoffs. So they need the Giants to beat the Cowboys. So important game right here, especially for – the teams that are going to be battling that, that being the Redskins. The Philadelphia Eagles hanging on by a thread. They're, they're, they're done. The Washington Redskins obviously have the better shot at it with the better record and only the, lo- the tie, not the loss. So they're a game and a half ahead of them. So the Redskins need this probably more desperately. Which tells me last year, when you see what they did last year to make the playoffs – they got to become that team. I don't know if they have it in them. I really don't. But Trent Williams back in the lineup is huge, and I think it starts this week. I'm going to take the Washington Redskins. I don't think Carson Wentz is any, you know, is ready for prime time. I think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback, and they get the guy that's going to protect him back. I think that's going to be the difference in today's games. There will be some mistakes made out on the football field by a rookie quarterback, but guess what? That's what rookies do. So with rookies doing what they do, that's why I think that you are going to see Kirk Cousins and company get a better opportunity to get the victory. So that having been said, of course, that's the name of this show. That having been said, that being said, we're going to take a break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We come back, it'll be the top of the hour of hour number three here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll continue talking about the games that are up here, up on the slate. Talk about the Sunday night games. That's going to be big. We'll do that here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll be right back. At Regal and Rustic Estate Sales, let us take the burden out of hosting, staging, and cleaning of your estate sale or liquidation. We will provide reliable, friendly service with an experienced crew. We have an excellent reputation for professionalism with exceptional customer service and knowledge. We understand that staging and drawing attention to your sale is key. Most importantly, we listen to our customers' needs and pay attention to detail. That is what separates us from other local estate sales and companies as we truly care about your presentation, property, and belongings. That's Regal and Rustic Estate Sales. Contact Renee Sheffield at 972-861-0231 or check us out on the web at regalandrustic.com. 
Don't just call any heating and air conditioning repairman. Call an expert. At Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning, we are your experts. Whether it's a seasonal maintenance that keeps your system running at a peak efficiency or a complete replacement of your system, Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning does it all. Common Sense Solutions for your home comfort. Stevenson's, where quality is our standard, not our goal. Give them a call at 972-475-3227 or check them out on the web at stevensonshvac.com. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors. Proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Unpleasant surprises can be annoying, but sometimes they can be devastating. If your retirement plan is vulnerable to unpleasant surprises, you do have a choice. There are strategies that can help ensure any surprise is a welcome one and reduce the threats to your retirement. Nest Egg Wealth Advisors specialize in helping protect your portfolio from unpleasant surprises. Visit nesteggadvice.com or give them a call at 972-412-6064 to request a guide to your nice, predictable retirement. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, week up. Week number 14, hour number three of the show. Six more games to look at here in the NFL. Must have seven. We're going to cover them all here in the last hour. Some interesting games on the slate in the afternoon as well. 
That's where we're going to start off the afternoon. Got plenty of games going on. I like that, by the way. Four games in the afternoon, then Sunday night and Monday night. There's actually six more games that we're going. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. And the last one that we're talking about here, Jets in San Francisco. Not a lot to talk about. I don't like both of these teams. The Jets are going to set Bryce Petty. And Colin Kaepernick is the quarterback. Or the 49ers. Love-hate relationship right there. Don't like rookie quarterbacks and don't like Colin Kaepernick. And it makes it a tough, tough game for a team that can't get out of its own way. And and I don't like the setup for this one as well. Don't like it at all. But that having been said, neither one of these teams are making the playoffs. San Francisco is 1-11. Jets are 3-9. Todd Bowles announced as uh, post-game press constant that the uh, Decision has been already made for after the Indianapolis debacle was to give Petty a four-game showcase. So it starts this week, unless he gets hurt. Ryan Fitzpatrick. It was Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, you know, he had good. This this ain't typical of what this guy has done in his career. To have a good year, then fall back on two bad ones, and then have a good year, get a good contract, boom, 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 fall backwards again. But the, I mean, I look at this. I mean, they're going cross country. First of all, in a meaningless game, none of these teams are making the playoffs. Got. No, I just I hate this game. This is a horrible game to take and take a look at. I even wanted to flip the old coin, but I think the Jets win the game, and that's the main reason is I think San Francisco is just primed to go ahead and tank the season. And they don't want to lose another game in case the Browns do decide to win a game or two. But the 49ers are a organization that are not the 49ers that we know of, the greatness of it. When that team was sold, forget it. I mean, when you kick your coach pretty much to the curb in Jim Harbaugh, who only led you to two Super Bowls because you wanted to get credit or whatever the situation is, that tells me something about the ownership of that football team tells me they don't deserve to have success. It's one of those things. It's just that, and I don't have a lot to talk about it. We can talk about the talent on the team. It don't mean anything. In a meaning, uh, wrong button, in a meaningless game like this, you know, you try to find positives to talk about. I just can't find it. Jets win. Pretty much it. Game that's interesting today, though. Seattle Seahawks 
Packers. Packers lose this one, boy, they're in a lot of trouble. Because all you got to do is just slide back a little bit and talk about some of the teams that we are talking about sitting at 6-6. Six and six. That'd be the Washington Redskins. Packers need this game. They're home in Lambeau. Seattle Seahawks, bad mama jamma team. Rogers said back on November 23rd, he, they think they can run the table, and they've been playing well since. The only problem is, is that this is the Seattle Seahawks. Now, a big loss for this football team on the defensive side of the ball. You can say whatever you want about the Seattle Seahawks. First of all, I like their defense more than I like their their uh, their offense more than I like their defense, and their defense is great. But they lose a key component on the defensive side of the ball where you lose Earl Thomas, it changes the whole outlook of what your defense is. Now, the question will be, and this is good for Aaron Rodgers, you need to exploit who's taking that next step up because he's not good as Thomas. So if you're going to do it, this is the game to do it. And I will tell you right now, when you look at a guy that is not going to be in the lineup, if you don't take advantage of it and you're the Green Bay Packers, that's going to be a problem. Again, I talked about this three years ago. This is a team that has got so much weight on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders that it's almost unfair to Aaron Rodgers. So, looking at this game and how this team can move forward, it's got to start. I mean, they lose this weekend. They're pretty much done. So, a lot of things that are going to have to happen here. Dallas, they're on that 11-game winning streak, you know. So, Seattle, 8-3-1. They're going to be battling Detroit for the first round bye. The Seahawks have won four of their last five games, and that includes a blowout to Carolina last week. Russell Wilson threw for 277. Thomas Rawls ran for 106. And the team's total rushing yards were 240. If they can come close to mirroring that, they're going to destroy the Packers. And the main reason is that that defense, that defense for the Packers is just not there. And although as confident as Aaron Rodgers can be to run the table, this is a buzzsaw they're running into. Now, everybody's going to say the right thing. The Seahawks are confident that they're going to be uh, – they're going to be confident that, you know, everything's going to be fine on that defense. And they're going to talk about everything's going to be fine. Next guy, blah, blah, blah. They're going to do all the right things, say all the right things. The question is, will they be able to do it? So whether they're going to do it without Earl Thomas or not, that's going to be a huge thing to happen there. So Michael Bennett's got to step up. Then you got the mouth on the other side on in the secondary He's got to do what he, he on the field more so than what his mouth does. 
But, I, you know, this Packer team sometimes scares me on how they can catch fire from the quarterback position. Aaron Rodgers really in reality is hurt. He's got a hamstring muscle. And that is not really good news seeing how Seattle comes into this game fourth in the league with 31 sacks. Gonna be a cold game in Lambeau. So you got I mean if you're Pete Carroll, you, you gotta you gotta figure out how to stop this guy. But defensively or offensively, they just keep chugging and doing what they do. They should win this game. And I hate I hate both these teams, by the way, with passion. And, but for different reasons. I hate the Packers because they, they depend on one guy to win games for them. They don't do anything to help them. That's why I hate the Packers as an organization. When I hate the Seahawks, I hate the personnel and the coach. So I hate both of these teams but not equally, but unfortunately, the team that I like better is not going to win this game. I don't see how the Packers get, get this victory. I just really don't. I mean, you say whatever you want. The, the, the weather is going to be a difference, but the weather could affect negatively when you look at Aaron Rodgers fighting a hammy injury. There's nothing worse than playing in the cold when you got a hamstring injury, period. If it's hot, that's the best thing for it. You know, and you know, all the talk, you know, oh, they, they started off slow, they started off slow. Yeah, they did. They started off real slow. But I will tell you this. If there's a team that had been able to do something like that and continually do week in, week out, you know, I... I don't trust Aaron Rodgers to be that guy. You know why I trust that? The other side. Russell Wilson's a bad dude. Ain's playing better. Ain's moving up in my rankings as far as quarterbacks are concerned. I have him just on the, you know, really just on a couple of years ago, just on the outside looking in on the top 10, he's made his way into the 10. If you don't watch it, he can end up being a top five quarterback by the end of the season, especially if they do well. And I don't know. But I think this is a game that you can take a look at and like the chances of the Seahawks getting a victory. But the only thing is, is that it is cold. And this is a football team. Plays well when it's cold. That'd be the Packers. But that defense, I just think it just doesn't have enough. So I don't feel very strong about this game as far as getting a victory for the home team. We got Seattle in this one. It's going to be interesting. Baltimore Ravens, 7-5, New England Patriots. This, this could end up being a good game. The only problem is the Patriots, it don't matter if they lose this game, they're going to be tending to if they do. They're to now. And then they finish up the season running the table, end up 13-3. If you're New England, you don't care if you win this game. However, seven and five Ravens team. This one's going to be a very, very good game here, folks. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. 
There aren't many quarterbacks can look at the head-to-head matchups, but Brady and the other side, Joe Flacco, this one's going to be good. What, you know, but here's the thing. Flacco and the Ravens, they have a 3-5 and five record against Brady. So if you're, a te- if you're people that believe in history, this is one of those games where I think that maybe it comes into play. Because say whatever you want, three and five against you play the team eight times and you've only won three, you haven't even broken even, you know, breaking the go four and four. It, it's really demoralizing. Not only that, you're on the road. Not only that, you need this win. Not only that, you're desperate for this win. Not only that, if you lose this game, you can find yourself maybe on the outside looking in on the playoffs. Flacco though. Four touchdowns in last week's game. Where was it? Thirty-eight to six. It was a blowout. Uh, the Dolphins, and that's the one that the Dolphins really need to continue their winning streak on. So, four touchdowns. In reality, against uh, if you want to call them a hot Miami Dolphins team, you know, okay. 16 touchdowns to 8 interceptions, 91.3 passer rating. By the way, that's Tom Brady. That's 10 touch, uh, um, Flacco. Brady has 10 touchdowns, 10 picks, and has lost two fumbles in those games that he lost. Yeah, I, you know, this this one, you got two of the best in the game at the quarterback position. They're talking franchise quarterbacks on both sides of the field. He's one of the top, I mean, say whatever you want about Flacco. He's one of the top, he's in the top five, I think. So, you, you look at that, you, you got a huge. Now, Brady and Flacco, they played four times in the postseason, but the Patriots, are seven and one all time against them in the playoffs. So th- these numbers are a little bit skewing everywhere once you go from regular season into playoffs. So seven and one. I mean, and I I can't. Think of any reason why the Patriots should lose this game. That's why I think they lose it. Because the Flacco, the Flacco and company know where they are and how important this game is. And a victory against the Patriots makes them that much better. And in that division over there where you've got the Steelers over there fighting that battle for the division lead, this is a game where Joe Flacco has got to be that that franchise quarterback. He's got to be the leader. He's got to be the guy that can take the step forward and say, hey, it's time for us to be that team that people worry about. And right now, when you look at the Ravens, they're not that team. So now, say whatever you want. Brady has completed 68% of his passes, almost 69 19 touchdowns, one interception, the only pick thrown um, in reality, you know, since, since he's been in there. Lots of interceptions before that, but, you know, say whatever you want. But here's one of the things. No Rob Gronkowski. 
Does that matter? Not really. Because this football team finds a way to win games regardless. So he's going to be missing them. Danny Anamadola is out until the playoffs. High ankle sprain. So Malcolm Mitchell as a rookie who has emerged to be a guy that he could depend upon. Guess what? Tom Brady's going to make him a superstar. And for the, for the Ravens, getting to the playoffs, I'm going to tell you right now, if they get to the playoffs, they should be happy with their season, especially the way they started out this season. If you're the Ravens in that division, you can't just pencil yourself into the playoffs. You've got to earn it. And this is where you do it. And I think I'm going to give this one. I'm going to take the Ravens in this game. Normally, you couldn't get me to pick against the, the Patriots. But the desperation on the other side, that might be enough to get this victory. I, and no, normally, I'd probably, like I said, pick the, the Patriots. But they really don't lose anything if they lose this game. They really don't. They're better than the Oakland Raiders. So if they, if everybody wants to scream the Oakland Raiders got a better record, blah, 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 whatever the case may be, or for all that matters, Kansas City Chiefs, so be it. Best team in the NFL are these Patriots. And they know they can learn something from a loss as well. I think that's huge in this game. I think that's the reason why they, they go ahead. They're going to – they're it'll be a close game, but I'm, I'm, it's hard to pick against the Patriots at home. You don't normally go into the Foxborough and get the victory. So it should be interesting. Interesting game. Atlanta Falcons and Rams. I don't have a lot to say about this game, except the fact that it is questionable that you got Julio Jones. But Matt Ryan has found that, founded, Matt Ryan has found a lot more than just Julio Jones throwing the football all over the football field. The Rams continue to struggle as an offense. They are last in the majority of the offensive categories. The Rams are last in yards. Listen to this. Yards game per game, 284. 204.8 yards a game they average through the air. That's best for 29th in the league. 79.9 rushing. 30th in the league. Todd Gurley has yet to break 100 yards in the game this season. Los Angeles averages 15 points per game. Two touchdowns and a two-point conversion. That's not going to get the job done against Atlanta. And I don't care that the Rams are at home. I mean, you say whatever you want, you know, errors, mishaps, you know, off cue, whatever the case may be. But when you got a team, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, all right, I don't think they could go in there and throw. I, here's what I think. I think Atlanta could go in there and throw three touchdowns or three interceptions and still win this football game. That's what I think. 
The fact of the matter is, is that when you look at the Falcons, the way they explode offensively are crazy. The Falcons are ranked first in the NFL in points at 32 points a game. The offense with Julio Jones and running back Devontae Freeman, with the combination of those guys in the game, 412 yards a game with those two guys out on the football field. Folks, these are monster numbers. Now, the Rams defensively, if you want to talk strategy or whatever the case may be, they've been solid this season, but the team is 11th in the NFL defensive side of the ball. And they sometimes lose their footing and staying focused at the most important part of the game, and they drop the ball. They have those lapses all the time, especially defensively. They did it against the Saints. So in week 12, the Saints, 555 yards. That's with Drew Brees. It scares me how this game can end up happening. It really does. So if you're a lover of that, uh, you're a lover of this Rams team, you better start playing now. Because it's going to be a long afternoon. And I mean long. Speaking of itself, I'm, I'm going to go there straight out. I got the Atlanta Falcons, not a problem. And speaking of the Saints, they're in action as well. They are on the road to take on a hot Tampa Bay Buccaneers football team. And and this is where they're going to get called down. I believe this, by the way, guys. Okay, the Buccaneers and Saints, you know, division rival game, you know, all that, you know, is this huge. They haven't played each other this season yet. They get them again later on in the season. I think it's in a couple weeks. Big game for both of them, in, uh, for the Buccaneers, not for the Saints. Buccaneers, if they want to make a run for the playoffs, they're 7-5. A victory here today makes them 8-5. That is huge. That is so big for them. But a loss right here, you, you know, Dirk Cotter and company, I don't know if they could get the job done with the three-game winning streak at the end of the season to maybe go 10-6 and six and have a shot at the playoffs. The Saints, 28-13, lost to Detroit on Sunday. So, what does that say? It means Detroit... And not only that, Detroit didn't have to come back in the fourth quarter to win that game. They just dominated them defensively. This team's got to get better, and I'm talking about the Saints. I don't know. I don't know if they can do it. Tampa Bay, they'll find the seams. And I'm not saying that Jameis Winston is a good quarterback or a great quarterback or whatever the case may be, but guess what? Jameis Winston might be able to get the job done against this defense. The only problem is, is will the defense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers be able to hold them off? Not only does New Orleans play Tampa Bay twice in the last, they also play Atlanta 
And in reality, you say whatever you want. Sean Payton, have, have, have they phoned it in? We'll find out. If the Buccaneers win this game, you can say the Saints phoned it in. But that defense, I'm going to tell you right now, they better shore that up or Sean Payton won't be there for very much longer. They may love Sean Payton over there, but I'm going to tell you right now, defensively, this team has been horrible for the last three years. Now, after three and five start, the Buccaneers, after they lost to the Raiders and the Falcons, you know, games that were bad, and four straight wins, they've held opponents to 13 points per game. And they've led the leagues in takeaways. In the win against San Diego, Lamonte David returned an interception for a touchdown. Keith Tandy picked off another in the end zone, and they stole the road victory. So, that having been said, Saints come into this game leading the NFL in offensive, but the last three weeks they haven't been that team. They've been riding on the ones that happened before that. Drew Brees leads the league in yards and touchdowns, 30 touchdown passes. And, of course, he's on for yet another 5,000-yard season, but defensively they don't get the job done. Tampa Bay, confidence. Say whatever you want about Jameis Winston. This team has rallied around him, makes plays. How about a go-ahead uh, touchdown pass to Cameron Brayton in the fourth quarter on Sunday's game against San Diego where they snuck out with that game? Mike Evans, one of the best in the league, the most targeted in the NFL as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this game I'm gonna give this game to the Buccaneers. I I just see what the defense has given up now. If they win this game, Drew Brees is going to throw for 400 yards in the game. That's what's going to have to happen in order for them to win. And when you got to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns, that tells you something about their defense. Buccaneers have a hard time winning on the road, and I don't trust Dirk Cotter either. And if they lose, it'll be a dumb decision by him. You watch. Be interesting, though. This one's going to be a game. I hate Dirk Cotter as well. But I think they're going to get the, the victory. The defense is so, so bad. It is so bad for New Orleans that I can't even believe that Sean Payton hasn't had a conniption yet. Sunday Night Football, your Dallas Cowboys. Let's talk about it. 11 in a row. That's pretty impressive. Giants lost last week. But a victory on Sunday for the Dallas Cowboys will give the Dallas Cowboys the NFC East title. They'll be 12-1. and one. And you have the inside track 
for the top seed in the NFL on the NFC side. Best team in football, record-wise. And they've been playing well. There's no question about it. And, and listen, you know Sonny Clark. I'm known as a Dallas Cowboy hater. And you're going to think I'm a Dallas Cowboy hater after my prediction. I, th- this team's got to lose. And not because they need to, they deserve to lose. I think they need to lose. I think they need to figure out a way to get back from adversity. And I think it comes with this game, being swept by the Giants. This one's huge, though. The Dallas Cowboys can get this victory. And then if you look at the Washington Redskins, if they can figure out how to go on the uh, losing streak and Eli Manning, you know, wet the bed, like he's capable of doing. I'm sorry. Eli Manning's just not a good quarterback. I'm tired of everybody talking about how great he is. He's not. Eli Manning is a streaky quarterback at best. So the Giants right now are the only team that beat the Dallas Cowboys this year. And that's because of a stupid play by a wide receiver who needs to realize he's got to get out of bounds. But this is a different Dallas Cowboy team as well. It's almost like they enjoy adversity. They like to, they enjoy being a team that can, can step out and get a victory maybe against a team that they really shouldn't have. That's Dak Prescott. When Tony Romo was hurt, this was his first game. He, he played well. But he threw the ball 45 times. And we talked about it after week one. If you're a rookie quarterback and you got to throw the ball 45 times, you're done. Your team is done. And they have made a complete opposite of that with a well-balanced offense. So your Dallas Cowboys looking pretty good. 227 yards last time they played. 25 of 45. They threw the ball 45 times. Now, when you look at what Dak Prescott's done to this part of the season, you're talking about a rookie that has progressed to be one of the best in the league. Obviously, at 11-1 record, you're looking at rookie of the year. You got them both on your football team. One of them are going to win, Dak Prescott or Ezekiel Elliott, and that's another thing The Dallas got. Hey, I, I busted them for it. Offensive line. I said take the offensive line. They go Ezekiel Elliott, and they're looking like geniuses right now. So a win over the Giants will give them the title for the NFC East. They already locked up a playoff spot. So Ezekiel Elliott, last week, though, only 51 yards on 20 carries. Guess what? That's pedestrian. So that giant defense, they can cause that to happen again. The Giants, Eli Manning. Touchdown pass to Victor Cruz in the game to get the win. But Eli Manning has been god-awful the last three games. He has. Even though they're 2-1 uh, and one last three, he has been awful. 
This guy's a turnover machine. And if he turns the ball over against the Dallas Cowboys, that's going to be huge. First thing that that football team has got to understand, and they got to get into his head, you put Eli Manning on a locker and say, don't you throw that ball, don't you intercept that ball, don't let that ball get intercepted, don't drop the ball like you know how to fumble too. Listen, fumble ruskies and interceptions are unacceptable in this game. And the Giants need this to keep their lead going on in the wild card for anybody else in this division. Talk about Ben McAdoo. It's crazy. And Victor Cruz and him, Cruz wants to be a bigger part of what's going on, especially against this game in Dallas. And I will tell you, and Victor Cruz said it this way. This is what he said. I talked to Coach about my thoughts as well as anything, and he said, I thought it was a productive meeting and in the, at the end as well. And he said from the conversation that he's got with the head coach, Ben McAdoo, we had the conversation that needed to be had, and we had it. So now we can turn the page and move on from now. Man, that's, that's sad. That Victor Cruz needed to go in there and talk about it. The Giants have been winning with the lack of production with this guy. Take away that, that loss last week. Yes, I think he needs to be more involved with the game. It's a one-two punch. Odell Beckham, I, you know, listen, I'm not a fan of this guy. More than the fact that if the guy could keep his mouth shut, I might like him a little bit. The only problem is his antics outweigh his talents. And not only that, his mouth gets him in a lot of trouble. He got fined for being abusive to a referee verbally. Guy's a punk. And... and don't give me this nonsense that this guy's attitude isn't going to affect this team. The Dallas Cowboys win this game. I'm going to tell you right now, I say I don't think there's any team in the NFC that can beat them. Only team that can beat them are two in the AFC, and that's it. And that'd be in the Super Bowl. And like I said, the Dallas Cowboys need to lose a game to, to create adversity so they can be ready for adversity. Parts of me wants to pick the Dallas Cowboys, but also parts of me understand this, is, is that games where there's not much on the line, and that you say whatever you want about the Dallas Cowboys, they don't have to worry about it too much right now. But the mentality of this team has changed. It really has. And I was all set to pick the Giants in this game. I'm staying with the pick, but the Dallas Cowboys win this game. It would not surprise me at all. And it will be because of the stupidity of outspoken guys that affect the football team on a weekly basis. That also being Eli Manning can't control himself by throwing the interceptions, losing the ball, turning the ball over. I'm picking the Giants, see if they can do it. They're at home. 
the Giants really need to figure out what they needed to do in that game one to win decisively, more so than a super play by Williams not getting out of bounds and costing the Cowboys an opportunity to kick a field goal, which maybe they would be undefeated at this point this season. So, New York's defense, they took a hit this week, though. Jason, G, uh, Jason Paul, uh, Pierre Paul, surgery for a sports hernia. He's out for this game. Up to six weeks, that means he's not going to return until unless they make a deep run. That is a huge loss defensively. JPP is a huge part of this defense. So, you take a dude out of the lineup like that, I'm going to tell you right now, their defense could disappear. And I dang near picked the Dallas Cowboys because of the, and I'm still kind of shaky on it. So they're going to go ahead and do, you know, some guys running in and out, about three or four guys that are going to step in for Jason Pierre-Paul to keep him fresh. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know. I, I just think the bigger, I, you know, I, as much as I want to pick the Giants, I don't know if I can. That JPP injury is huge. So I'm actually going to flip. I'm going to pick the Dallas Cowboys. I can't believe I'm doing this. I think Dallas loses a little bit later. I, you lose Jason Pierre-Paul. You don't have a running game in New York. You got Eli Manning, who is a turnover machine. And then you got a guy who can't keep his mouth shut. And you know... National TV is going to do something stupid. I'm, I'm going to switch. I'm going to go with your Dallas Cowboys, you know, Rowlett fans. I, I, I can't believe I'm going to pick that. The loss of Jason Pierre-Paul is the, is, you know, is the big-time decision in that. I think they can get away with it if they have a strong defense. But when you take a guy out like JPP defensively, your defense is lost. And this this offense will take advantage of JPP not being in the lineup. So, yep, I'm flipping. I'm going Dallas Cowboys. That injury is a big-time loss for this football team coming into it. A victory here wraps up, and they'll get a bye in the week number one. question is will they get end up with the bye throughout the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. But I'll tell you. That that JPP injury is going to be huge for this team for the rest of the year as well. He's not going to be out on the football field the whole rest of this season. That that hurts. Say whatever you want. That hurts. Interesting, interesting situation there. So we'll keep an eye on this one. This one's going to be good. Sunday night football. Finally getting the games right. Like I said, I think they 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 did that on purpose. So, that leaves a Monday night football game. Monday night football, we, well, we actually jumped in that one, so we actually just covered them all. Wanted to wait for the Dallas Cowboys to be the last game we talk about. But, folks, this, one's, this Dallas Cowboy game is going to be really, really big. I'm looking at my list, making sure I covered all of them. I did. We got all these games in here. Uh, but we, we have been up against clock, you know, normally uh, with uh, Cuervo in here. So, you know, we did good. We got all those games covered. Now, quick jump here and quick reminder. 
Tuesday night, your Rowlett Eagles take on the Richardson Eagles in Rowlett. That coverage happens here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. So watch out for that. That one's going to be huge. I like this game because they should beat them. So let's see if they can get the job done. Going to be good. Monday, on the air with Sonny Clark, 4 p.m. We'll talk to the head coach of your Rowlett Eagles varsity basketball squad, Jason Bush. And then we turn around on Friday and back for Rowlett varsity basketball again. And I love... What I love on Friday Friday is whether it's football and you got the Friday night lights, Friday night during basketball season. That's what I really like. During basketball season, your Raleigh Eagles, I want to tell you right now, I love what they're able to do. Listen, this is a basketball team that really had an opportunity to win the Curtis Caldwell Holiday Tournament. That is huge. Gotta love it. They're nine and one overall. They beat Liberty seventy-eight to seventy-one. That was the game we could not cover because of uh, for uh, a prior engagement that I had set. And these games in December are extra. But the Wildcat Eagles sit right there. You'll catch that game on Tuesday against Richardson, and then. You look on Friday night, right here, the Couch Potato Sports Show. You want to you get, get an opportunity to hear more high school. By the way, we got to get Rowlett more interested in basketball. So that's going to be my job. We'll bring it to you, the play-by-play. But on Friday, after they take on the uh, Richardson Eagles, Big game against Naaman Forest at Raleigh High School. You'll hear that coverage on the Couch Potato Sports Show. So then they're going to go into the Allen in and out Burger Holiday Classic. We're going to try to get in for some of those games that will depend upon the day and time of the games. First game is 1 p.m. on the 27th. I still don't know if we're able to cover that one yet. I will know next week. So keep your eyes and ears open for that one. But our regular coverage, all these games that we've been covering since we started at the beginning of the season, John Paul, Plano East, Rockwall, all extra games that were not part of our uh, package for our sponsors. So they get more extra plays for that. That's what we're trying to do, get them more plays. So that having been said, that's going to do it for us here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Again, Monday, on the air with Sonny Clark. Tuesday, Rowlett Eagles Varsity Basketball against Richardson. Friday, Rowlett Eagles Varsity Basketball against Damon Forrest. It's going to be a good week here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And for me, Sonny Clark, that's going to do it. I hope everybody has a great day. It is Sunday. Enjoy the games that are on Sunday because guess what? That's just what Sundays are all about in reality. Don't forget Christmas, Christmas Day. They have games. New Year's Day. NFL game. That's what it's all about. That's going to do it for me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. Everybody have a good Sunday. We'll check you 
on Monday on the air with Sonny Clark. Bye-bye.